Hey, man, first off and foremost, thank y'all for joining me. I'm just going to get right to it. I'm nasally. I don't feel well. But I made a commitment to the podcast. I'm a potter now. I made a commitment to y'all. I don't know how many fans I got. I'm not even keeping count. I'm just going to just do it. I'm just going to just do it, right? Don't feel well. I'm going to try to power through it. Last week was a brief podcast. This week is probably going to be even briefer because I just don't feel well. But I got to do what I got to do. I got to give y'all a pod. So, without further ado, let's set the tone, man. Let's set the tone. I just want a rough neck nigga on the tongue. You just want to send me automatic with a drum. Hit me if I'm finished now, nah, bitch, I just begun. I ain't giving out no nutty to no nigga just for fun. Are you dumb? Uh-uh. I'm a man. I don't know no other man. You fuck like a hundred niggas just for a hundred bands. We're not playing, man. Gotta do what we gotta do. Don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. Come on, baby, don't play with it. Just lay in it. Spin or gay in My head is don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. I'm okay. Alright, man. Shout out to Billy B. Shout out to Billy B. Welcome to the Suave Sportscast, man. Welcome to the Suave Sportscast. We're gonna power through this one, man. We're gonna power through this one. I'm gonna try to, you know, give y'all the best pod I could give y'all with how I'm feeling. It's not COVID. <laughs> it's not COVID. I just don't feel well. But we had a big week this week. Niners beat the Seahawks. Clap it up. Clap it up, man. Clap it up. Clap it up. Seahawks fought. I give them that. They fought. They fought hard, too. They fought hard. Final score, 41-23. They covered the nine and a half, like I said. Cheer down. Yeah. yeah, baby. Covered the nine and a half, man. I said they were going to win by double digits. They did that. They did that. But <laughs> I was talking to yeah, some of y'all know we're saying. I was talking to saying at halftime. He was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're being overly aggressive. I don't know, man. Seahawks were winning 17 to 16 at halftime. They shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have. It should have been 14 to 16. Let's get that straight. Jimmy Ward... Horrible penalty. I know he was just trying to make a play. Horrible penalty. You didn't have to do that. But he did what he did, and they got the field goal at halftime. They were running. He was in Seattle. He was watching the game with Seahawks fans. He was in the lion's den with them, or the bird's nest, or whatever they got going on up there. He was with them, wearing a Niners shirt. He was Niner down from head to toe. He called me like, yo, what is going on? I don't know, man. But he 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 would reiterate this to you. I told him, I'm not worried. <laughs> this is not sustainable. Geno Smith was having a hell of a half. Hell of a half. 
I think he only missed like like three passes or something. Something crazy like that. The boy, the boy was going off. The touchdown that they scored was on a long play against Traverius Ward, Mooney Ward. Was sustainable. I saw how they were playing. They couldn't run the ball. That was that's their staple. Ken Walker is their staple. They couldn't sustain a, a consistent run game. In my heart, it wasn't sustainable. So I told them, don't worry. They're going to win. And I still think they're going to win by double digits. Second half, turned it up. Brock Purdy, he struggled. He struggled coming out the game. I think he was nervous. He's Let's, let's not forget the fact that he's a rookie. He struggled. He, were, he was missing throws that he usually makes. And it was it just didn't look it didn't look pretty. <laughs> it didn't look pretty like it usually looks. It didn't look pretty like it usually looks, right? He came out the second half and he put it on the show. The kid put it on the show. He ended the game three hundred thirty two yards, three touchdowns. Right? He put it on the show. I think he was nine for nineteen at halftime. Ended the game eighteen for thirty. So that just shows you he was he was on one. Going to the next game, we got the Cowboys. I was talking to my friends. I said, out of all the matchups that the Niners could have got, that was probably the one I didn't want. But me believing that the Niners are the best team in the NFL, that's just my personal. I'm not even trying to be a homer. But me believing that... I don't think it matters who they face, right? But that was the toughest matchup out of all the matchups that they could have got. Got the Cowboys. Really good defense. They have a nice defense. They have vulnerabilities. Don't get me wrong. They have vulnerabilities. They have trouble stopping the run. What do the Niners do the best? They can run the ball. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. You can even throw Jordan Mason. He's nice. I'm I'm kind of upset that he doesn't get more run, but he's nice. They go three deep at running back. Secondary, the Cowboys got a really good secondary, but Trayvon Diggs, he 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 bites a lot. So you can take it. Their defense has holes. They're really good, but they have holes. In this game, by 9 to 11, I'm thinking more along the lines of 35 or maybe eight. So let's say eight and 11, right? 35, 27, 35, 24. Something like that. I think they definitely cover that spread. That It started, it opened up at, I want to say, three and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And now it's at four. So people are pounding that, that three and a half for them to move it up to four. I think they, I think they, sorry. I think they still cover that four. I don't want to say it's easy. I think they pull away at the end like they did last game, but I think they cover that four. All respect to the Cowboys. They're a pretty good team. But my main point in bringing this up is I went online. After the Niners won, I was like, cool. Let me, let me see what the fans are talking about. I went online like I usually do. Saw some chatter. I saw people talking about, wow, Brock Purdy's really good. 
Kyle Shanahan is lucky. Now, there may be some truth to that. But I saw people discrediting Kyle Shanahan like he's not a good coach. If it wasn't for Brock Purdy, he'd probably get fired. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on that boat. I'm not on that boat. Does Kyle Shanahan get credit? How much credit does he get for the Niners being successful right now? If I were to give a percentage, I would say 75%. Around 75%. Brock Purdy is really good. He's doing things that he gives me more confidence than I have I've had in the Niners quarterback in a long time. In recent memory, I can't even think. Have I had confidence in Kaepernick? Jimmy G? No. Jeff Garcia? Mm, not really. I was a young kid when Steve Young was quarterback. That's probably the most confidence I've had because I know Steve Young was an all-time great. But what Brock Purdy is doing right now is it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And the fact that he's a rookie just heightens what he's doing. It's not like we just got some vet, like like a Ryan Fitzpatrick-type quarterback, and he's doing this. He's a rookie. Like We could just mold him into any type of quarterback we want to at this point. If he's this good, out the box, you know what I mean, so to speak, That it's a lot of confidence there. But I think that's, a lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan and his system. If, it, if Brock Purdy wasn't in this system, if he was playing on another team, I don't think he looks like this. I really don't. I really don't. I think Kyle Shanahan, he draws up plays to where if 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 you're if you're aware of how the play is structured, there's always somebody open. He's going to get somebody's always going to get open eventually. You just have to know where that is. According to where the because Kyle Shanahan is going to see the personnel that the other team is bringing out there, and he's going to call a play according to that personnel, and it's going to be somebody open. Nine times out of ten, somebody's going to be open. If, it's, if they're not open, then you got to improvise, which is what Brock Purdy does the best. He improvises. He's a really good improviser. Last time, I mean. I think he took a couple sacks in the Cardinals game, but other than that, he really doesn't take sacks. He really doesn't take that many sacks. He's really elusive. And that's, I think that's one of his traits that's, he doesn't elude. Yeah, so. Sorry, I had to take a break. But I think I was talking about Brock Purdy's elusiveness. He has, he has sneaky elusiveness. It's hard to sack the kid. It's hard to sack him. With that said, though, I think a lot of what's going on is Kyle Shanahan. And i also seen people talking about Kyle Shanahan hasn't won a big game. He can't be a good coach because he hasn't won a big game. One of the best coaches that people would all simultaneously agree with is Andy Reid. Became a coach in 1999, Philadelphia Eagles. He did not win his first Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl, until 2019. <laughs> 2019, that's 20 years. 
But he's one of the greatest coaches in the NFL right now. So for y'all to judge Kyle Shanahan on his performance based on his brief tenure with the Niners, let's go to his stats right now. He started with coaching the Niners in 2017. Six and ten. We didn't think that team was going to go six and ten. But they went six and ten. Next year, down year, four and twelve. That very next year. And I think that four and twelve season is when Jimmy G tore his ACL. That first year, they traded for him. I think they were one and I think they were one and ten actually. They traded for him, won five straight, won six and ten. Second year, third game? Because I know they had the Lions the second game. Yeah, third game. Third game towards the ACL. So they went four and twelve that season. That's the that's the year after that's the year before they got Bosa. Came out thirteen and three. Went to the Super Bowl. Had a Double-digit lead in fourth quarter collapsed. You know why? Didn't have the quarterback to get the receivers the ball. Come out the next year. Go six and ten. We all know why they went six and ten. Jimmy G got hurt. Bosa got hurt. It was a bad year. It was a down year. Just just injuries everywhere. One day I'm gonna cover that. One day soon I'm gonna cover that. While the Niners get so injured, they they're one of the most injured teams every year. I'm going to cover that one day because I have a theory. Next year, which is last year, they go 10-7. and seven. Started off rough. It was the, it was one of the roughest starts. Finished strong, got to the playoffs, went to the NFC Championship game. 10-7. They had another lead in that game. They could have been in the Super Bowl, and if they would have got to the Super Bowl that game, I think they would have won the Super Bowl. But they lost to the Rams. NFC Championship game. So now we're talking from 2019. We're talking three years into Kyle Shanahan's tenure. He has a 13-3 record. He has a Super Bowl appearance. Now he has an NFC Championship game appearance. And this we're talking five years into his tenure. We're in year six right now. 13 and four, divisional round. I'm not overly confident, but I'm pretty confident they'll win this game. So you might be talking about another NFC Championship game right now. And this is with two different quarterbacks. One of which is the last pick in the draft. He's a rookie. And he's lighting up the league right now. This is unheard of. This is Disney. This is Disney. Y'all got to put more respect on Kyle Shanahan's name. He's a good coach. He's a, he's a great coach. And if y'all validate a coach's greatness based on how many Super Bowls he have, then there's not many great coaches in the history of the league. If y'all going to make it to where it's just an elite class of coaches, then what are we talking about? Y'all got to put more respect on Kyle Shanahan's name. He's doing his thing. The reason why Brock Purdy looks so good is because of Kyle Shanahan. Let's not get it twisted. Now, I've already made the prediction. Niners win by 9 or 11. Let's talk about the rest of the playoffs. We got some pretty interesting matchups coming this week. Bengals, Bills. 
You got Chiefs and Jags. That's going to be a joke of a matchup. It's not even, like, twisted. That's going to be a joke. And you got Philly and Giants. Now let's talk about the spreads in these games, right? That's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to incorporate more spreads into what I'm talking about because betting is a big part of what I do. Now, I'm not going to fake the funk. I ain't really bet like that in a minute. But now that I got the podcast, now that I you know got this platform, I'm going to wrap it right back up because I went through a stretch where I had $500 in my account. Within two months, I was at was it two thousand? We made a lot of money. I'm gonna try to finagle. I don't even want to say finagle, but I'm gonna try to get you know one of the co-hosts on here eventually. My boy Randy Betts. Randy Betts, he he be having picks. But that side note. So we already covered the Niners. They're minus four. I think they'll win by nine. Buffalo. Buffalo is minus five and a half against Cincinnati. I'm taking I would I don't know if I was go go as far as take Cincinnati on the money line, but they're plus five and a half. I'm taking that. Because I think they'll win the game. I think Cincinnati beats the Bills. Giants and Philly. They got Philly minus eight. I don't think the Giants will win, but eight is a lot. Taking the plus eight. I'm taking a plus eight on the Giants. I think it'll be a close game. Maybe come down to the last second field goal. Philly advances. Kansas City, eight and a half against the Jazz. Jags are out of the league. Like, this is a nice Cinderella story. They came back from 27 down and won the game. They're out of there, bro. You're going to Arrowhead. First time in the playoffs. They're getting blown out. They're getting blown out. They're getting blown out. Kansas City advances. Take that eight and a half. That's what I'm doing. This is not like financial advice or any shit like that. But I'm taking eight and a half, right? So what you got? You got Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs in the next round. You got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Niners in the next round. Taking the Niners. They'll probably do that. Since it's in Philly, I'm thinking they're doing three and a half. They'll do three and a half Philly. Minus three and a half of Philly. Taking the Niners all day. I just think this this is this the Niners year this year. So I'm taking a three and a half. If, and, uh, taking a three and a half <laughs> for the Niners plus three and a half because that's probably what they'll be. Either three or three and a half. And if it's the Bengals and the Chiefs, they'll probably give the Chiefs three. Minus three. And if you guys don't know, this is a little like betting secret. If a team's a home team, they're automatically giving them three, right? So if you see a spread in the home team's minus three, that's pretty much a pick them, right? They'll probably just do that game, pick them, because the Bengals have beat the the, the Chiefs. I think four. They're like four and zero against the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs beat them this time. So my prediction is a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. That's my prediction. That's the playoff outlook. 49ers Chiefs. 49ers, baby. 49ers, baby. That first game, it was it was a lot of turmoil, a lot of injuries. You just got Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's really a, a measuring stick of 
how those teams measure up against each other. I think that was just the Chiefs caught the Niners at a good time. I think it's closer than what that score was, but I think it's going to be Niners Chiefs. I think the Niners come out this time. All right. Now, let's shift the gears a little bit. Golden State Warriors, baby. Golden State Warriors. By the time you're hearing this, the Warriors have already faced the Celtics. And I don't know what I'm going to release this. Maybe they faced the, the Cavs already too. But right now they face the Celtics and they lost in overtime. Nine, the, the, the Warriors. Did I say the Warriors? The Warriors. The Warriors have road woes, right? <laughs> They're such a bad road team. Five and eighteen. We know that for a fact. Hopefully, I release this episode by the time they face the Cavs, right? Five and eighteen on the road. Seventeen and fifteen. Seventeen and five at home. That sounds like two different teams. The only team that's worse on the road is the Rockets, and they're they're trying to get. Victor Wimbanyana. Wimbanyana. They're trying to get him, right? A lot of people want trades. Trades, trades, trades. I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to that. This team, they look kind of old. I said this last week. They look kind of old. So if you're going to trade, you got to make some major... If you're really going to trade to try to win, you're going to have to make some major trades. That's just, the, that's just the, the fact of the matter. And if you're going to trade, you're trading older players for younger players. You're trying to like shift... Sh- Steph is off the table. You're not trading Steph, right? But you're trying to shift this team's... I don't want to say culture because the culture is the culture. Like That's what makes the words worse. But you're trying to shift what this team is. This team is old and 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 kind of slow. So if you're if you're young and athletic and long, you can beat the Warriors. No matter how much talent you have on your team, that's a problem. So when you have Wiseman, when you have Kaminga, we have Moody, even the two way players with Lamb and, and and Ty Jerome, you have some young assets. You have some young. I don't want to, because <laughs> Anthony Lamb is not athletic. I don't think he's athletic. He has, I don't want to say sneaky athleticism, but he could get up. But he just moves like a like a stick figure. Like, ah, 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 ah. He moves weird. Like, he doesn't move like a fluid athlete. Um, Ty Jerome, he's very crafty. I like him. I like Ty Jerome. He's crafty. I don't know if he sticks with the team just because of the roster situation, but I like him. I, I I wish so. This is what I would if I was the GM of the Golden State Warriors, right? This is what I would do. Let me fix the mic real quick. This is what I would do. I'm trading Jermichael Green, even if it like even if it's for picks. I'm trading him. I'm creating a roster spot. And I'm keeping Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. Right. So, boom. Full roster. Another person that's taken up a roster spot that probably shouldn't be doing that. 
a lot of the Homer fans are going to hate this. The loyalists, I call them. And Andre Iguodala. He's taking up a roster spot, man. This dude dunked the ball, hurt his hip. He's old. He's, he's done. He should not be taking up a roster spot. But he is. So, got to deal with that. If you could figure out a way to waive him and bring him on as a coach, like a player coach, whatever whatever title you want to give him, like you did Sean Livingston, like you did Zaza Pachulia, give him a role. You know what I mean? Pay him handsomely. Lakeup has it. Like, coaches, you have a different budget for that. That doesn't count to your salary cap, to my knowledge. But if it does, then you have a different budget for that. Pay him. Pay that man. Because the players listen to him. They respect him. He's taking up a roster spot, though. He's, he's Warriors need roster spots right now. Yo, y'all gotta, they got to try some things out. But I don't think the Warriors at or at a position where they're a player or two away from being a contender. Now, they're a contender now. Like, they have, you know, you got Draymond, you got Clay, you got Steph. You have that core, you're a contender. As long as, long as you get to the playoffs. But that's the problem. What's going on? Why can't they just have a consistent level of success in the season? Like, you, you should be able to beat Detroit. Even on your worst night, you should be able to beat Detroit. And I'm tired of fans blaming it on the bench. It's not the bench's fault. Even if the bench is horrible, Clay, Steph, Dre, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, that six, those six people should be able to beat the Detroit Pistons, the Orlando Magic on a on a worse night that the bench can have. But that's not happening. So if that's not happening, that should tell you that. It's the core. Like, something's wrong with the core. And from what I'm watching, the core is looking old. They're looking a little old. Some of y'all is like, the core's looking old. It's not funny. It's not funny. But some of y'all will laugh at that. The core's looking old. And this is not a popular opinion at all. And I don't even want to say this, but if you're going to make a trade, you're trading Dre. You're trading Clay. I'm not a proponent of trading. I don't want to trade. Whether the Warriors front office made the right moves in the offseason or not, that's a whole entirely different conversation. But if you're going to make a trade to try to improve the team, you have to trade those guys. Trading Wiseman is not going to get you the return to make a difference on the team. Trading Kuminga is not going to get you the the the, the player or players that are going to make a difference on this team. You have to trade your impact players. You can't trade Jordan Poole because he, he makes too much money. Like I don't know if a lot of people know. I, I, I briefly covered this last week. You trade Jordan Poole. I think I said 27 last week, and I did more research. I think it's actually like 33 million. He goes out, that team has to take on that 33 million, which is the average of his salary. That the new contract that he got. They take on that 33. The Warriors can only take back like four million. So you, it's impossible. That's that's too big of a difference in salary. Nobody has salary cap like that. 
So you can't, you really can't trade him. So he's not going anywhere. The only logical thing to do if you're going to make trades is trade those two. Because then you'll get better returns. The what you invested in Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, and maybe Moses Moses Moody might get you a good role player now because I don't think Moses Moody, and much respect to him, I don't think Moses Moody is getting he I don't think he's his potential is mapping out to superstar. I think his potential is solid starter. You know what I mean? Like a guy that could come in, hit some shots, play some solid defense and stretches. I think that's what his ceiling is. You know what I mean? So if you trade him, you could probably get a good solid role player now and not really miss him too much. But I don't want to trade him because I know what we get back, that's not going to do nothing next year. And you, the person that they get this year, it's probably not going to help win a championship. They'll be a solid piece. But if the core doesn't get their shit together, you just traded one of your young pieces away for a guy that's not really making a difference because the core is still struggling. You you spent a seventh pick overall for Jonathan Kuminga. You spent a second overall pick for James Wiseman. You can't just give those guys up. They're only 21. Let's not get it twisted. They're only 21. So, you can't just give them up. That's, That's not realistic. That's not smart. That's not smart front office work. And there was reports. This made me happy. There was reports that the youngest are not being traded. The front office is not considering them in talks. And we got to realize that's probably the best for the team. Y'all want to be fans outside of 2023. Y'all do. Whether y'all admit it or not. You want this team to be at least competitive going into the future. If we trade the future, that's not going to happen. Now you look like the Lakers. The Lakers traded their whole future for Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy. They won the championship. And it was in a bubble. So a lot of people discredit that. No fans. No one had a home court advantage. Everyone's playing on neutral courts. With no fans. It's like a scrimmage. <laughs> the Lakers run the scrimmage title. So can you really count that? I don't think so. I don't think you can. And do you, do you want the Warriors to look like that? I don't think you do. So you can't really you can't really trade these young guys, man. You can't. And because you can't trade these young guys, you can't really make any trades because you're not going to trade Dre and Clay. What is that going to do? That's that's going to set off a, a a domino effect that might just harm the whole ecosystem of the Warriors. So you just got to you kind of kind of giving Wiseman, Jonathan Kuminga, and Moody more playing time is kind of like trading for somebody anyway because you don't know what you have with these guys. They're they're so young and so raw. 
you don't know what you have with them anyway. So if they improve and become different players than what they are now, that's kind of like a trade. You're losing what your core anyway. Run these guys out there and see what you got. All right, so, yeah. The team outlook. I think the Warriors get to the playoffs. I don't think they're a playing team. I think they'll kick it up to a point where they don't have to be a playing team, but I don't think they'll get home court throughout the playoffs. Like, we're, we're talking five or six seed. It's going to be tough for them to get a four. I know the Kings are in four right now, and I don't really trust the Kings, but that's just, you know, just past history. The Kings might actually be the fourth best team in the, in, in the West Western Conference. I don't think they are, but shit, we're we're halfway through the season, and they're number four. I think the Warriors are they number three now. They're number three above. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be. They're not gonna be better than the Pelicans. The Zion is hurt, so the Pelicans went on a little slide. They're three and seven in the last ten. So Denver definitely stand up there. Memphis definitely stand up there. Sack at number three. I don't think that's sustainable. They slide down. Uh, New Orleans number three. Dallas. Uh, I think the Warriors could be number four. Once everything like settles down, once the dust settles. So this is my standing. This is my final prediction. Memphis won. Because I think Denver might go on a little slide at the end. They always, they always seem to do that. Uh, Memphis one, Dallas or Denver two, New Orleans three, Golden State four, Dallas five, Sacramento six, Minnesota seven. No, Clipper seven, Minnesota eight. Oklahoma 9, and Utah 10. Oh, no, Phoenix. Oh, shit. Hey, man, it's tough right now. I don't know who's going to make it. Because you still got Phoenix, and you got Portland, and, I mean, Lakers. But I don't think Lakers make the playoffs this year either. It's tough for them right now. But you got you got Phoenix and Portland on the outside looking in. Damon's been hurt, so they're it's a little it's a little understandable why they're out there. Phoenix, they got Devin Booker hurt. You had Chris Paul hurt for for portions of the season, so it's understandable. Okay, if I had to pick those two to go in, Oklahoma and Utah is not making it. So let's let's slide Phoenix and Portland in there somewhere. Some of these teams got to be playing. I don't think the Warriors are a playing team. I think they, they unless somebody gets hurt, I don't think they're a playing team. They're in the playing spot right now. They're at number seven, but I don't think they're a playing team. Playing teams, on, you're talking Minnesota, Clippers, they might have to be a play-in this year. Just, I, don't, I don't know what they are. Um, Oklahoma, maybe not Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be the first to admit, I have no clue. I have no clue. But I just know the Warriors are not going to be a playing team this year. Whether they be the top four and have a home court, 
in the first round? I don't know. That's a stretch right now. Based on what I've seen, that's a stretch. But I know that they can get it together and they can go on a run. I know that for a fact. They have the talent to do so. So, they're not going to be playing. You can mark my words. They're not going to be a playing team. But who's a playing team? I cannot predict that. I cannot predict that at all. But, you know, we have multiple weeks to talk about that. We'll we'll continue to cover that, that the Warriors and oh, the drama that, that that team is. Let's move forward and let's talk about something we haven't talked about yet. Second episode. Let's talk about the Giants. The Giants this year. A lot of people don't agree with this. Giants got better than they were last year, right? 81 and 81. They probably shouldn't have been 81 and 81, but they won a little round last year. You can't discredit them for that, right? But they added some players. They didn't. <laughs> it was such a fucking horrible offseason. Had Aaron Judge for maybe 15 minutes. Or maybe some people say arson judge, but uh, you had Aaron Judge for maybe 15 minutes. He, he ends up signing with the Yankees. You had Carlos Correa for a week. Signs with the Mets because his physical, he felt his physical. Goes to the Mets, fails that physical, <laughs> and ends up back at the Twins. So that looked bad. The optics, the optics of the war, uh, not the Warriors. The, sorry, the Giants. The optics of the Giants in that Carlos Correa situation were horrible. It looks like they just like blunder. It was just a huge blunder. Come to find out, they're right. And whether you believe Carlos Correa and saying that the Giants and the Mets use the same doctor, whether you believe that or not, that's on you. I don't think that was the case. But that's neither here nor there. He ends up back at the Twins. Yeah, so that Carlos Correa situation was was crazy. But after all that, all that does settle. They actually had a pretty good offseason. They had a pretty good offseason. A lot of people wouldn't agree. And rightfully so. Looking at their lineup... The Giants' slogan this season is going to be, if healthy, now I might print out some shirts. <laughs> I might print out some shirts. But their slogan <laughs> their slogan this season is going to be, if healthy. Now, looking at their lineup, I got it pulled up right here. Looking at their lineup, and I think they got it ordered in the position, like the most optimal position that the the Giants would run out that lineup. Now, let's go through this. At second base, batting first, Tyro Estrada. Solid. He had a pretty good year last year. I like I like him. Yes. Bat number number two. Outfield position. They'll probably put him at left. They'll probably put him at center, actually. Looking at the outfielders, they'll probably put him at center. He's gonna have a better year than he did last year. I don't think people really realize what the shift is going to do for this, a lot of these players, but he's a pull hitter, and he struggles because people just they shifted. They just shifted. That's going to help a lot. The banning of the shift is going to help a lot of these guys. Mitch Hanniger, if healthy, 
if healthy, he could be a 30-plus home run hitter, right? He's going to be bad at third. Jack Peterson, DH, he could be a 30-plus home run hitter. No more, no more shift. Michael Confronto, if healthy, I would say he bat. He 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 hits twenty home runs, at least twenty home runs. He probably plays. If you got Mitch Mitch Hanniger, they probably put him right. Michael Confronto, they probably put him left. We'll see. Wilmer Flores, third base. I want to see a lot of David VR. I want to see him. Villar, VR. What did I say? VR. However, you say his last name. I want to see. I want to see more of him. I want to see more of him. Now, whether that means Wilmer Flores doesn't play or he plays more first, however you, Wilmer Flores needs to be in the lineup because he can hit. He can hit for power. But they got him batting six at third base. 15, 16 home runs. He's good for that. Brandon Crawford, staple as shortstop, wouldn't have been if <laughs> if uh if uh Jesus Christ uh Correa if Correa would have signed he probably would have played third but that didn't happen so Brandon Crawford's gonna be a shortstop. I don't know what his bat numbers are gonna be because the year before he was hot last year he wasn't so I don't I don't know maybe he's just old now I don't know. And at first base, they got Lamont Wade. He's going to benefit a lot from no shift. Because he's he's an extreme pull hitter. And Joey Bart. People are sleeping on Joey Bart. He he had a rough start last year. Didn't look good. Kept striking out. It was either a strikeout or a walk. It wasn't great. But he came on last year. Showed some potential. Wasn't Still wasn't like spectacular. But I think you give him a full offseason of work. He's gonna be solid. So he'll he's gonna be solid. Joey Bart's gonna be solid. On here, I guess these are projections. I don't think these are actual stats. I could be wrong, but I don't think these are actual stats. He's projected lineup, projected stats. They got him 10 home runs. Joey Bart can hit 15 to 20 home runs this year. Don't get it twisted. He may hit for 230, but he can hit 25 20 home runs this year. Like, I don't see why he can't do that. He's a very power, he's he's a powerful hitter. And he seemed to found his swing like later in the season. So then you got the projected pitcher rotation. So they got Logan Webb as an ace, of course. Who else? Alex Cobb at number two. Mm. Alex Cobb has some. He has some nice stuff. Like let's not get twisted. They 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 got they found him, and he he's nice. Shamanea. I'm interested to see what version of Shamanea the Giants got. I think him in San Diego wasn't who he was or who he is. So I think they'll get a better version. Ross Stripling, are you going to get the, the Blu-rays version or are you going to get the, the years before? I think he'll be solid. Giants, they play in a very pitcher-friendly park. So if you can find some solid pitchers, they'll they'll be successful. You got Alex Wood as number five. That's cool if Alex Wood could stay healthy. That's been his like thing in his career. He just can't stay healthy, so we'll see how that goes. Then you got the bullpen. Of course, Camilo Duvall. He's a closer. He'll have, he'll have a better season this year. 
He was pretty good last year, but they weren't in a lot of games. He'll have a pretty he'll I think he'll reach at least 30 saves this year. He'll have a solid year. Taylor Rogers. Twin to Tyler Rogers. He had kind of a down year last year. But I think he's a really good pitcher. And I think him coming to play with his brother, his twin brother, I think that'll work wonders to his his success. That was a pretty big pickup. Um, Discofani. He should be a starter. Yeah, he has consistency issues, so I feel bad for him, but he gets injured a lot too, which is probably why he landed here. Giants had Farhan, man, this guy Farhan. He has a tendency to sign players that are injured and try to like rehabilitate them and sign them to two-year contracts, three-year contracts, and see what he can get out of them. But I don't know if that's really sustainable for success. Um, then they signed, this is the one I'm really intrigued by, Scott Scott Alexander. He was with the Braves, had Tommy, Tommy John surgery. A lot of people are counting him out. They said, nah. We are taking a chance. We don't know what he's what he's gonna be, but then you look at Justin Verlander, right? <laughs> Justin Verlander, thirty nine year old guy, really good pitching career, really, really, really like elite. At age thirty nine, make sure that's great. Actually, thirty seven. Age thirty seven, he gets Tommy John surgery. Right, comes back. Age 39. You think his career is done. Like he's gonna work his way to a relief pitcher, maybe. Stuff ain't the same. This dude goes 18 and 4. You see that win-loss record for a 39-year-old pitcher who coming off Tommy John, you're thinking he just plays on a really good team, they have a really good offense. ERA is probably three or four, maybe four, most likely four. No. Here is 1.75, best in his career. Either just, <laughs> either he got a new arm or he's on steroids or some shit. Now, I don't want to just throw steroids on, on any of these guys because I know the stigma that it gets with baseball players, but come on, bro. You're 39, you're coming off Tommy John, and you go 18 and 4 with a 1.75 ERA. That's ridiculous. So they must have some breakthrough with Tommy John surgery or something, but but yeah, that that gives me new faith in Tommy John surgery. So I think Scott Alexander is going to be a pretty solid pickup. And a giant, I don't want to go out on a limb and say this, but I think the Giants could compete for a playoff spot this year. When you look at. Teams like the Phillies, they they went to the World Series, right? Maybe that was a lucky year. They have a pretty good team. They have young players. You got Bryce Harper, Reese Hopkins. Like you got you got some pretty good players on that team. They play in a tough division. You got the Mets and you got the Braves. That's a tough division. It's a pretty tough division. 
Central, whoever wins that division is going to the playoffs. I don't think anybody else is going to the playoffs in that division. Um, then you got the West. And this is not a popular opinion. I went online and I just, just posed a question. What if the Dodgers aren't who we think they are anymore? Oh, you're stupid. The Dodgers are stacked. Da, 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 da. But what if they're not? You know what I mean? You mean you look at their lineup. They got some pretty good players, but as far as depth goes, I think they lost that, man. I think they lost a little bit of their depth. And the Giants, the slogan of the year, if healthy. If the Giants stay healthy this year, I don't see a reason why they don't compete with the, for a playoff spot with the Dodgers. Padres look like they their head and shoulders above anybody else in that division. They look like they got that unlocked. I think the Dodgers slipped down a little bit. And I don't know. For some, I don't know what it is. For some reason, I think the Dodgers take a step back. Giants take a step up. And that's a competition for the last playoff spot. Whether the East doesn't get two teams or not, I think the Giants are competing for a playoff spot next year. Now, as the time goes on, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but uh, I'm not counting out the Giants this year. As bad as the job I think Farhan has done with the optics of how to handle an offseason, I don't think he did a bad job this offseason. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. That's that's all I got today, man. I tried to power through this. If you're watching the video, you're going to see a lot of cuts, a lot of like skipping around. I'm going to have to do a lot of edit work because I'm, I'm like coughing. I'm, I'm congested. I had to go to the bathroom a couple of times. It was a rough one, but hey, man, show goes on. Show must go on. For those of you who are listening, you might not hear it, but if you do, I'm sorry. Second episode, this is it's not going to be perfect the whole time, but I'm I'm just I'm trying to bring y'all content, man. I'm trying to bring y'all content. This Bay Area sports, man. I'm pretty sure we all passionate about it, so I got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the best that I can. But yeah, this was a rough one for you, boy. But we powered through. We made it to the end. Those of you who made it to the end, appreciate y'all, man. But next week will be better. I should be feeling better by next week, God God willing. I should be feeling better by next week. And we'll go more in depth with you know the Warriors. We'll see what the Niners did. And if the Giants make any moves, which I, I seriously doubt. But we'll go more in depth with how the, how the Giants are shaping out this, this year. But... This is a Suave Sportscast. Thank y'all for joining me. Thank y'all for supporting me. And I'm out, man. We up from here. Let's do it. I'm trying to show you just what. And I'm trying to show you just what I'm all about. Time running out, and I can't afford to lose a dime on the house. You're proving your petty, my darling. Right. Losing your leverage, my uh, darling. You proved right. you not ready, my uh, darling. Right. Why run your mouth? And you made the list of things that I'm uh, cutting out. And you can lead a different team. Uh, Seven out. Okay. Proving your petty, my darling. Okay. Losing your leverage.
my darling. Okay. I ruled you. Okay. Now I'm ready, my darling. Yeah. yeah. 